Oh my God, Kathy! What? Yes. What are you doing to my fragile heart, Kathy? What? I, s- I, I, s- I was I s- only five minutes or ten minutes late. Kathy, let me tell you the the process that happens. <laughs> so, like, it's it's five fifty nine, and I'm like, oh, you know, Kathy usually pops on a minute or two early, and I'm like, yeah, she's probably eating dinner, and I'm like, oh. That silly girl eating dinner. Six o'clock comes out, and then I lean into the computer, check my notes, everything. I got my notes, and then I'm like, okay, Kathy, Kathy, uh, oh, six o'clock. Okay, well, you know, she better not still be eating at six o'clock. Ha, 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 ha. Making little, little jokes. By 6.01, she's dead. She's died. <laughs> she's dead. This is it. She had a fucking heart attack. Her uterus exploded. <laughs> How do I get a hold of your sister? What's going? Oh She's my then six six oh two runs, and I'm like, "How will I go on with the show if she's dead? Do I call someone? <laughs> How do I get a hold of her? What's going on?" Six oh three comes about. Well, she's definitely fucking dead now because <laughs> Kathy is ve- you're you're very punctual, Kathy. I normally You're, am, yes. <laughs> you are very, very punctual. And by 6.04, I'm like, what am I going to tell the listeners? How I got to talk to the kids and be like, sit down. Mama is going to be with Jesus, everybody. Oh, my Ma- God. <laughs> you are such a spaz. You already had me in a ditch, lying in a ditch on the side of the road. <laughs> by 6.01, you were dead. <laughs> You were dead, dead, diddly dead. And I'm like, okay, well, it was, we almost made it to 300 shows. God bless <laughs> Catherine. Man, you, you really went through hell there for those 10 minutes. For those 10 minutes. So now that you're here, I'm all excited, but I'm confused because I'm like, you know, internally conflicted inside. Like you're back, and then, but then I'm like the 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 mom that the kid gets out of the building alive. They drag him out, and she's so happy to see him. But then she's like, "Don't you ever do that to me again!" <laughs> and then I hold you really tight, and I go, oh, "I can't be mad at you forever, Kathy." Get a you. hold of yourself, man. Get a hold of nothing. I haven't held nothing in months. I just wanted to. You just you you don't do that to me. Okay. Now I'm we're going to start a show. <laughs> okay. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello, and welcome to a fully functioning, two co-hosts alive version of Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures, the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording live from Kathy's desk and Boogie's insane mind, I'm Kathy. (laughs) I am Count Boogie, and so you were eating, weren't you? I was having dinner, yes. That's very nice, Kathy. Was it a good dinner? It was a delicious dinner. My sister made roast chicken, and I made a salad, and it was lovely. Oh. (laughs) Did you have have ham jerky again? No, I just had had bread and cheap sort of of deli meat. You know, the stuff that's like $1.50 a pack. You know, that that was my my magic for... Head cheese. <laughs> if whatever it is. It just says meat and then like a question mark next to it on like a clear plastic bag. Well, I'm glad you're alive and I'm glad we're here because there is interesting stuff. We have a, a great topic that's gonna be that's gonna be tumultuous to talk about because it's one of those topics. So I'm just giving that warning mm-hmm. that I'm trying to calm myself. Because I'm talking to myself in earlier versions of myself, and I'm not as nice and cuddly to myself. 
So um, I'm getting ready for that. Mm. Another thing mm. is, Kathy, I want to talk. First off, I did blood play today. It was good. I went to wow. the clinic. I went to the clinic and they vampired. And they weren't in the mood for any of my jokes. No. All Count Boogie jokes <laughs> fell flat today, giving blood, you know, now, doing all my giving blood work. Blood to, giving blood to make money or giving blood to get healthy? No. Who the fuck's going to pay me for my blood? What? They're like, oh, homeless blood. Yeah, homeless blood's really hot on the market right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're all type grunge or whatever. No, no, they aren't. They aren't interested in paying me for my blood. It was uh, it was medical stuff. And I went in and I'm like, we're walking down the hall and I'm like, just, you know, I usually crack everyone up. Everyone's in a good mood. But today the jokes were all falling flat. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if we turn this corner? She's walking me down the hall. And it was like all a dungeon with vampires in there and shit. What? And she's like, huh? (laughs) <laughs> what on earth makes the, you think that uh, that kind of humor is going to be accepted and the, and it usually is and then the other girl oh. was literally just looked at me like with hatred like shut the fuck up and give your blood and get the fuck I, out of here i believe i've given you that look every once in a while <laughs> you give me that you give me that look every week so i was like hey guess the jokes aren't working today in the blood draw area oh but uh God. what was important i wanted to make one quick uh one quick public service announcement, something that I'm noticing in my life very strongly, and I want to throw out there because it looks like I don't want to don't want to jinx it. I don't really believe in that, but I don't want to jinx it. It looks like as far as the pandemic is concerned, there is a light at the end of the tunnel uh-huh. that we are getting more. Our death numbers are going down a little bit. More people are getting vaccinated. Muse has been vaccinated. My dad's been vaccinated. You and I are in the next age bracket that, that gets vaccines. Um, right. So, you know, there it's coming. You right. can kind of, you know, whereas six months ago, you didn't see any end in sight. Now mm. you're kind of seeing it. And I notice that, now that there's a light and I've survived this insanity living in a car that you get like, and I forget, I think there's a term for it. Like when you're in a combat veteran and you're in combat, you're in a war. And then you know that your tour is done in like 30 days. Like a lot of guys get killed, you know, because they're, they're like so anxious about getting out. I survived this, this thing. Obviously I'm not comparing my life to fucking combat, but I'm just saying, there's there's a term for it. I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's like you stop doing all of the things you know you need to do to keep yourself alive. And I noticed in the last couple of weeks that I've been going, oh, my God, the gym may open in a month or two and I can get a shower and and, you know, the things and, and get back to at least some semblance of normality. I notice that I'm getting super depressed and having really big manic episodes because it's like this middle zone where you're not like, it's like, I don't have to do all that survival work. Yeah. You let, you let your guard down, you relax, you become complacent. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh, this, this might be over, but you know, the work at the end still needs to be just as strong as it was throughout the thing. I still need to be talking to myself in a positive way. I still need to be affirming that I'm, that I'm valuable and that I need to do, work on these things. You know, I have therapy this week. You know, I, I, you have to do those things. Otherwise you can just crumble at the end. And I'm just, right. I don't want to see a bunch of people just kill themselves in the last month when we're, you know, things may go a little bit back to normal in the next couple months. So I'm just That's saying everybody part of human nature, just hang in there, keep doing the good work, dig in, get support. We're, we're not out of this yet, but there's hope. Kathy, what the fuck did you right. do this week? I did the usual. I had a, a bit of a, I'm not going to call it an epiphany, but I had a bit of a a realization that hit me while I was masturbating. So those are always the good ones. Ma- masturbation <laughs> cathethany. I don't Actually, think cathethany friend... sounds good. No, that's a horrible. It, it's far Sounds like away. catheter. It's not anywhere near your vagizen, so yeah. no. think again. Yeah. No. So a friend of ours um, sent me a text with a link to 
uh, some book, which is, you know, how it's a self, not necessarily self-help, but how to push forward, how to go from being all right to being great. And, and, you know, all those things that you're supposed to do and lists of, of ways to get there. And I'm looking at it going, Oh, another fucking thing I got to do. Another fucking thing that tells me I'm not good enough. And I'm like, okay, just all what I've done all my life is basically power through and go, well, you got to do it. Even if you fall flat on your face, there's no excuse for not trying harder. Let's read this fucking thing. And, and then lately creative explorer uh, has, has been trying to teach me how to do the Rubik's cube. And he's so sweet oh, because wow. the way he did it is he bought a four pack of Rubik's cubes, one super tiny and big. It looks like, you know, those telephones that get old people with the huge fucking numbers and things. And <laughs> I, I, I call it the training wheels for the Rubik's cube. It's a much smaller Rubik's cube. And he says, if has I could, a little if bike could learn, helmet on it. <laughs> it's it's it, it arrived in a short bus. Yes. <laughs> and so I I'm trying it. And as much as I appreciate it, my old enemies pop up and go, you're just a fucking loser who can never figure this out. He's got to go at snail's pace to get me to understand just one move. And so it messes with my head. And but it's same as usual, Boogie. I tell myself it doesn't matter. Everybody is supposed to try and improve. That's life. You're supposed to move forward and push past this, whatever. All right. So I'm at Creative Explorer's house and I'm masturbating. And I'm remembering that, you know, I've made some progress. I I realized that when I was peeing, I was having little peegasms. You know, that's good. That was that was was big Kathy. Right. And then I realized I, I really pushed myself to do something different and I I found that I could vocalize instead of being quiet during orgasm. That was good. and Very and good. Thank, thanks to Headley, our fabulous sponsor, who gave me a, a wonderful gift. I was able to buy the latest uh, Lilo you know, contraption to try a different kind of orgasm. But to be honest, all these things, I've hit a ceiling with all of them. There's only so far I can go. And I, I've not become multi-orgasmic. I haven't really pushed past that initial, you know, success that I had. And I'm thinking, God, if it's not the orgasm, it's the Rubik's Cube. If it's not the Rubik's Cube, it's the self-help book I'm supposed to read. When is enough enough? And right in the middle of orgasming, I'm at orgasm. And I thought to myself, maybe this is as good as it gets. Maybe this is as high as I can go. And maybe it's not the end of the fucking world if I can't reach past a certain ceiling. And I'll be honest with you, I've been struggling with this for a few weeks now, actually. I have been mulling it over and thinking I haven't arrived at any conclusions, uh, but I'm starting to wonder if I should really keep fucking pushing myself to get better and better and better. I don't know, Boogie, but that orgasm I had was pretty good, and I thought, why is that so bad? I mean, I liked it. It it felt good. It wasn't fabulous. I've never been highly sexed. I, I'm not somebody who orgasms easily. And But I like it. So do I really need to keep pushing myself? So anyway, that's what I'm mulling over, brought on by your friendly neighborhood uh, masturbation session. Kathy. What? Don't. Don't Bravo. even boogie. Oh. Bravo. Okay. Aha. Bravo. Yes. Bravo, bravo, bravo in so many ways, Kathy, because <laughs> no, and I know you're going to get all squeamy and uncomfortable, oh, so just I mute your fucking I w- shit. I won't get squeamy. <laughs> you came up, you arrived at what is probably the, now then, however you got there, it doesn't matter, but the fact that you arrived at a place of acceptance I'm not going to say things are going to get better because of that acceptance, but that is actually an open door to many other discoveries. Maybe not necessarily sexual, but surely arriving at a place of acceptance with your sexuality and what you're doing and the fact that you have made progress and maybe this is the limit that you go. That's absolutely wonderful because there's peace in that. And you're like, there is, yeah. There's nothing wrong 
with being here. I'm still a sexual person. I still enjoy sex. I enjoy the intimacy. Maybe now uh, this is going to open the freedom to explore other levels of intimacy. Maybe, I don't know, you know, uh, don't, connection, don't push me conversation. Now. You know what? Well, <laughs> I'm not pushing, but here's what I will say. When you ask the question, does that mean I should stop trying? I think now is the time to enjoy, because now you're on an adventure that you're detached from the outcome. And that's like old school, like Buddhist philosophy shit. I am detached from the outcome where you just enjoy the path, which is what I do sexually. My orgasms, I, I signed off on my orgasms years ago. They suck. I don't, they don't feel like much at all. Right. And I accepted that and I was able to then detach from the outcome of my orgasm and really focus on the connection and intimacy and arousal that I build in my partners. And because of that, I've become pretty goddamn hot in the cot. (laughs) Women are going to come over. I mean, I'm not saying all the time because, you know, I still got to get my dick art and, you know, all the stuff. But in a sense, my sex has become so much better since I just accepted that my release may not be as good as some people. I, I I hope that happens. I hope that this leads to a detaching from the outcome. That would be wonderful. I don't know if it will, but like I said, you know, when I started all this, I, I haven't figured it out yet. That's just something I'm mulling over. And I thought, you know, maybe if I put it out there on the podcast, someone will have some something to say and, and hopefully it will help me uh, unravel this whole mess. So who knows? I think it's a great thing. And I think this is once you detach from the outcome, This is the time to keep trying things with yourself, not just with Creative Explorer, but with with yourself. So, I mean, because you just got to that point of acceptance. Now, maybe if you've taken that push out of your head, it's just the time to enjoy feelings. Well, we'll see. Maybe you could try dry humping stuffed animals. Have you ever done it? Don't demean my stuffed animals because that's just wrong man well well maybe just get like i mean just get your own stuff just get like a hump stuffy no there's oh, girls that have hump stuffies like square unicorn piggy yeah, yeah maybe like because they don't want to squidge up their you know their their like favorite stuffy so they just get mm-hmm. hump stuffy and then they go yeah that's right you're my dirty little my dirty little stuffy mm. I can't eh? I can't do that with stuffies. No, stuffies are too mired in my childhood and I love them too much for that. Plus, I got rid of all my stuffies a long time ago in a, a horrible, dreadful day in which I had to walk away from where I used to live and the, the house I I owned. And one of the things I did was walk away from my stuffies and it was absolutely heartbreaking. What? Oh, why do I bring this up in the middle of a podcast? <laughs> that is a whole nother topic. Yeah, let's not go there right a now. A <laughs> whole nother topic. I am like, my chest is like just literally just went. Oh. I've literally got tears in my eyes as I'm thinking about this. So I don't want to go there. And I am relying on, on Boogie on your ability to... Uh, Put everything out of your head and completely forget that we have this conversation. <laughs> a finger in the putter hole for Kathy. Book, 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 book. Finger in the putter hole. Maybe two or three. Fed life is the place where unicorns play. But then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on Fed Life. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Today, I have a post by Angie1025. It's entitled, The Ones Who Threw You Away. And she says, it's very poetic, actually. I have to say, Boogie, this is a very, very lyrical, very poetic post. And I'm at, frankly amazed that you chose it because it well, doesn't sound like it's your thing. Well, it is in reverse and whatever. Let's get into it. She says, do you ever wonder if you're thought of by the people who threw you away? Are you curious if you cross their minds at random times like they cross yours? Do their fingers hover over the screen wanting to admit they miss you sometimes? 
Do they know on some level that you miss them always? Do you wonder if your number is still even saved? Do you ever wonder what the exact moment was they decided to stop loving you back? (laughs) (laughs) Kathy. Whaty. I have so many things to say. I was going to go because this is yours. So go for it. (laughs) I was going to write the poster and tell him to put on a seatbelt. But I mean, I don't, I think when you write something like this, that, you know, that this is, this is a melancholy moment and, and that's okay. And that's absolutely wonderful. Certain types of melancholy are amazing. We'll talk about bunnies, like literally her kink of melancholy like if you're reminiscing about past loves and past lovers and you're kind of thinking about some of the wonderful things you did and then it's like lovely and sentimental but it was positive and however it ended is how it ended and so there's that little bit of sweet and sad together you know and for bunny that is literally her favorite his favorite space is when it's a little bit sweet, but it's a little bit sad because it's for whatever reason, the that relationship isn't there anymore. That is one type of melancholy that is manageable. This post reminded me exactly of who I used to be in my late teens and even up into my early 20s. And that is melancholy suicide. And I use that term strongly. And this may just be a poetic version of that. I don't know the poster personally. I don't know. But when you start with, do you ever think about the people that threw you away? That now makes this a whole nother monster. That opens up a whole level of things that I had to spend literally 30 years developing a self-worth over that because when you say people that threw you away what you are saying is people that left the relationship because they thought you were garbage that is what that says what do you throw away do you throw away things that are valuable no you throw away trash so you're saying that you are thinking longingly about what people who considered you trash are thinking about you at this current moment. And all of a sudden in that moment, for me, because I did that for years, like flag after flag, ding, 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 ding. Why do I give a fuck what people who think I was trash have to think about me now? Why am I romanticizing? If you really believe that these people threw you away it's not like you know i've had tons of relations obviously in the love lab we that season was an amazing amount of relationships at different levels and they all ended for different reasons sometimes they moved away sometimes like you know you went to school or bunny took on this program or bunny wants to have a kid one day and i'm not going to give her a kid so it that, that uh, weren't she has to go and find someone that matches with what she wants more or any number of reasons and yes even sometimes people just used me and the love lab as an experiment for their bucket list and i know this and that's, so, you know, okay, so they did that, and then they're like, hey, this was fun for a few months, and, and now I'm going to go. Goodbye. And then there's the people that didn't like me, and then they left. So maybe they did think I was trash or garbage. But no matter what, that's fine because I'm not garbage. If they left and threw me away, that's on them. So when I see people just kind of digging into that, you know, these are all the people that threw me away. Do they ever think about me? Why are, do you believe you're trash? Do you believe that you're somebody that deserves to be thrown away? And if you don't, then why do you give a fuck what people who think you're trash are thinking about you right now? Well, I got to say that I don't have the same perspective as you, uh, because I, I don't, I tend to be very melancholy also, but I don't, I, I walk away and run away actually from people who treat me badly, but it doesn't stop me from having these types of wonderings at all. And so when I read this, I don't, I don't do the same thing. I I know that you, 
I'm going to say you consider this very emo, very destructive um, thinking. Only based on only based on the fact that it starts out with these. I'm thinking about these people that threw me away. That's an incredibly because that used to be me. I waited by the I was famous for a girl would dump me because I was too emo and sensitive. And then I would sit by the phone because she didn't actually break it off cleanly. And I would wait by the phone for months and not go out and not ask people. This is me, Count Boogie. This is me we're talking about. This is who I used to be. And and they were like, fuck you. You're uh, no. And then go off and fuck all the you know aggressive dominant men. And And then I would just sit there and be like, why did they throw me away? What's wrong with me? Okay, maybe they'll call. So for me, this has a visceral effect because I was the person that felt everyone threw me away. Right. Well, see, that's a perfect example because I I don't have that kind of uh, the same background as you. Um, I don't see anything wrong with these kinds of things because to be honest with you, I've done these kind of wonderings. I've, I've honestly thought the exact same thing had the people that, that treated me horribly, I always wonder, do they ever regret it? Do they actually change their minds or are they still the same fucking assholes? I remember them to be because that kind of, I don't know, philosophical inquiry that I do in my own head actually helps me. So this is a great example of how, depending on where you're coming from, it can, this can, this kind of meandering in your own mind can be positive or it can be very negative. So I get it, but I, I don't see I don't really see the huge problem in ha- in in wondering these things and asking these questions to yourself. Well, let me ask a question cuz here's I'm just stuck on the threw me away thing. Do you yeah. believe that you're garbage? No, but they believed I was. Okay. I'm thinking about I'm thinking of two people in particular who really had very little very low opinion of me and I didn't realize this until um very far into the relationship. And these were two people who were highly skilled manipulators. So I did not see this, this train coming down on me. I know that they think I wasn't worth anything and I was trash because they absolutely threw me away in, in really the most uh, horrible way. I just, it's stuff like that that makes you wonder, is this the way all humans are? How, how can two people, how can one human being treat another human being so badly? Uh, so I, I still wonder about that because to me, it, it, the, the, a person who does not have that within them always is, I'm going to say, weirdly fascinated by somebody who does. It's, it's the reason why we'll watch the TV shows where you listen to a, a sociopath discussing what it's like to go through life without any empathy. Right. And so... To me, it's it is it's it's like I said, it's it's weirdly fascinating. Uh, it has a an attraction to me that I I need to get into that person's head because it is so different from how I think and behave that I find it hard to let that mystery go. I need to find out what's going on in their minds. So that's where I come from. The other thing I was thinking about this: if you have a number of people in your relationship history that have devalued you and legitimately make you feel like they threw you away as trash. Doesn't that mean there's a problem with me? Mm. Who, why am I attracting these people? Why am I attracting people that believe I'm trash? Do I put out the easy target? Do I say I'm easy to manipulate? I'm easy to uh, use and not value what what is my responsibility in this not just what am I putting out a vibe of trash pick me up and throw me away but what work am I doing on myself to not get in those types of relationships it happens on accident sometimes manipulators are manipulators but if you got five or six of these in your history you better look in the mirror because you're part of this problem Right. Yeah. You know what? This post was a good jumping off point. Uh, not not to in any way say we have no idea where NG1025 is coming from. We're just using this as a springboard to go on to other uh, topics. Do you like my cock shot avatar?
perverted podcast listener segue. Path girl, let us not fuck with the universe. We can fuck with each other just fine. That's fine by me. Just no fucking with the universe because it'll fuck back with you three times as hard. So, <laughs> <laughs> But don't some people want a good universal fucking every now and again? Just like, God damn it, let's just bend over and let the universe fuck all of us. Yeah, that's what it's been doing for the last year, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, has it really? I mean, compared on some places you could live, the universe is definitely fucking some people a lot more. And then if you're like a little critter or something that crawls and you're not big enough, like your food level critter, that's the universe <laughs> fucking you just a little bit harder. Yeah, when you're getting killed and eaten, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I'm sure is a kink for some for some small animals. They're just like, Jesus fucking Christ, it's so hot out here. Eat me. They, like, walk up to the line and, like, poke it in the fucking tit. And they're like, hey, hey, can you eat me, you fucker? <laughs> there are people that are into cannibal porn. You know, people that like getting basted and tied up and, and put in pretend ovens. I saw a special on Real Sex or something about like that. <laughs> a pretend oven. That's amazing. Like a yeah. Holly Hobby looking old school <laughs> They make oven. them out of cardboard, I think. But nice. it, was, it was hysterical. I was sitting there watching this girl get tied up like a turkey and, you know, and just getting basted with olive oil and put it in an oven. And she was pretending that she was being cooked. <laughs> it was like, okay. <laughs> you know... There's a part of that that's really cute, and then a part of that where you're like, hmm, that might, that's a little disturbing. Yeah. But <laughs> but who's me to shame kinks? Your kink's not my kink, but my your kink's kink okay. My kink is not your kink, and as long as you're not actually eating the person, that is, because we, we taught, Kathy and I established this as a universal law. That um, you can you can eat think you can think eat people, but you can't eat eat people, right? No matter what, even if they're consenting to it, yes, you you can't eat eat people. You can consensually chew on them, just don't swallow. <laughs> well, you, you know what? That's good. I like that. I think that's very good. Chew, don't swallow. Yes, which works in a couple ways because fluids gross me out. But anyway, half girl. Yes. I like how we just hit the fucking ground running. Just hit it. <laughs> hit it running. By the way, perverted podcast listeners, this is the world famous Path Girl, our uh, pathologist assistant, the person that cuts up body parts. Yes. For a living. What were you cutting up today in the laboratory? I was playing with a bunch of boobs, a bunch of breast reductions. So I had three <laughs> sets. I get to play with boobs on a daily basis, but not in a fun way. <laughs> That's the uh, bite, bite, no choo-choo. Don't swallow, swallow. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are no, those have been stuck in formaldehyde. That would be kind of really gross. Ew, is that like pickled? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything has to be sent to me in formaldehyde, yeah. Is that like pickled vinegar titty chips? Oh, they're, you know, they're, you're the king of just finding the line and just pole vaulting right over it. Let's go. I mean, come on. It's not like they're using them anymore. Now, this is the cannibalism I, I'm I'm kind of okay with. I'm all, It's not yeah. on them anymore. Or they're dead and you didn't make them dead. But if someone's like, like, I don't give a fuck if people eat me after I die. Like, what do I care? I'm going to be busy being dead. We'll remember that your funeral. We'll just make a nice big funeral pyre, and then we'll just eat the leftovers. Okay, that would be so cool. A little barbecued boogie ass. Barbecued boogie, hey. Barbecued boogie burgers. I'm finger licking fucking good. I'll tell you that much, Path Girl. But we digress. We yes. digress because what I really wanted to talk about with the perverted podcast listeners and yourself. Yes, <laughs> you got two good stories. I mean, you got twenty yes. good stories, but <laughs> these are the two you actually. Even though I know you for a long time, we know you from the show. Um, you filled out one of the questionnaires that people can email us at pervertedpodcast@gmail.com, and so we can do a listener segue with people. And you said, "Okay, all right, I'm going to fill it out. It's time." It's I'm going to take one for the team. I'm going to take one for the team hard from the universe, pickled in formaldehyde. And my retention's very good at four in the afternoon. I just realized that, you know. Um, 
But I digress yet further. So you filled out your questionnaire form, which asks a bunch of questions. And there were two things that I'm like, okay, we have 10 things we can talk about. But I think this one is important because this is funny, but it's kind of a common thing that happens with people that are new to trying things, uh, different things in kink that maybe they don't have a lot of experience in. And the question was, have you ever had a sex accident or something happened during a play scene that broke the hotness because it was either, you know, kind of tragic or funny and you had a great one. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. So this happened with my first ever Dom in a DS relationship and not with my current Dom that I'm with. And, um, he had told me that he was interested in caning and I was just completely scared to death of it because it was just, you know, I, I, see you know i could see the vision in my head of people just whacking away and i was like oh that's not me but i did some research and i watched some really good online classes so after getting properly educated and talking with him i agreed to try it and plus also he was also an emt so i knew medically if we got into a problem he could help me and he also worked part-time at a local hardware store so he was able to get some nice thick pieces of decorative bamboo for us to use so it was pretty much free so i was like okay why not decorative bamboo just yeah, I'm, yeah, his boss was kind of like, we're going to throw these out. And he's like, mm, can you mind if I take them? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I'm going to grow some tomatoes. I'm going to decorate my girlfriend's ass with this. If that's okay. So that's so the more straightforward the fir- answer. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Just, but so the first time we tried it, we kind of went really slow and kind of felt things out and it was absolutely amazing it was i absolutely loved the marks that i had the next day they lasted for days it was so amazing i was squirming around in my seat and just oh it was so good so kind of talked about it afterwards what was good what was bad whatever and we said okay we can try going a little harder next time so we waited a couple times and then we said all right let's try it again but this time he chose a little thinner piece of bamboo than the first time he did it but i didn't know that until we started so we start the scene laying down. I'm on the bed, and after a good warm-up with a riding crop and a paddle and stuff, he starts using the bamboo cane. So I'm laying face down on the bed, but I kind of had my face turned turned a little so he could see my facial expressions. So he starts tapping me and tapping me, and then he starts breaking off, and then it's just whap, 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 snap. And then the bamboo just snaps, <laughs> and a piece breaks off. And I'm like, okay, no biggie. It's bamboo. It's going to splinter. I knew to be care- he was going to be careful with the sharp edges, so we continued. So then he keeps going, whap, 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 snap. Another piece breaks <laughs> off, bounces off of me onto his forehead, and I hear him mutter, shit. I'm just, okay. I, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to laugh because if I knew if I laughed, he'd hit me harder, and I didn't want that. <laughs> he would break up the scene. So I'm burying my face in my arms, and then he just continued for a few more minutes. Whap, 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 snap. Whap, 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 snap. And by like the fifth or sixth piece, either bouncing off of him and hitting in the face or bouncing off the wall and landing on my ass, I just burst out into hysterical giggles. I couldn't hold it in anymore. <laughs> Why should so, you? Oh my God. So he just smiled and tossed a piece of bamboo rod, which was now like a quarter of the size from when we started. And he laughed and he said, like, Well, that didn't go as planned. And we just started laughing hysterically over oh it. Oh my God. That is amazing. <laughs> I like his determination mm-hmm. to just to just go down to the nub. <laughs> like he just like he was the captain going down with his cane ship. I'm gonna hit this bitch until there's a a thumb size left. But I'm gonna keep my intention. I know this isn't going well. Uh. But, but goddamn his dedication. Yeah, he was, he was, I think it was by like the fifth hit, I just, he was just, I could hear the frustration and just like, what the fuck? And just, this went so well last time. What happened? Well, that is, uh, I mean, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that because that's. You might have been hit by bamboo. I would have had a helmet and maybe some goggles. Which now leads to the moral of the story. Yes. Bamboo is not meant for heavy caning. Yes. It is not yes. the material. The material that is used, the wood material that is used is rattan. 
yes. rattan, rattan, whatever they call it, because yeah. it's more flexible. It doesn't splinter, and it's much harder to break. There's much yes. more flexibility in rattan. There's one other wood that's flexible. Um, I don't remember exactly what it is. Listeners out there in Perverted Podcast land, if you know, email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. But I know for sure I use rattan canes. I have tons mm-hmm. of them. I've used all sorts of different sizes and shapes. And a rattan cane, you can use the thinnest, like literally half a centimeter. And still, you know, you find what the the most flexibility in it is and how hard you can hit. But that's But that is definitely... Bamboo breaks, blam, yeah. as you found out. Bamboo splinters, and that can be a problem too because yes. you don't want to get splinters in your ass. And surely, if a sharp piece flies off, if you're not wearing goggles, mm-hmm. how fun would it be to go to the ER with a piece of bamboo stuck in your head yeah. and be like, How did this happen? <laughs> well, her ass is bouncy. <laughs> Especially explaining to all his EMT buddies about why does she need stitches? Uh... Yeah, why does she need stitches? Or why do you need to have a piece of Home Depot bamboo de-impaled yeah. from your head? Yeah, That is amazing. I'm glad nobody <laughs> got injured. That is wonderful. But yeah, and you can get rattan online. You can get bulk rattan and make your own. It's mm-hmm. an amazing process. That's not too hard. To straighten it and treat it with, you know, oils and stuff like that. And a good rattan cane, even if you just buy it from someone who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. the basic canes can be anywhere from 15 to $30. Yeah. And they're I not that expensive. One- yeah. Yeah, I have one that's called an evil stick. It's maybe 12 inches long from handle to tip. And, oh, that bites. Oh, the, it's, yeah, like- the sadistic. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's one of those finishing moves where it's just, or that's one of the oh you want to mouth off, huh? Let's break out the evil stick. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, rattan is really good. It's really cheap. I mean, you can even go on eBay or Amazon and get rattan canes. I personally don't like. I have one person that I know that makes the rattan canes that I use, and I solely, I haven't talked to him in a few years, but. Um, he doesn't put handles on them. I hate handles because that's mm-hmm. you can't hold it in the middle and do double stuff and and whatever. But you can yeah. get them with handles, or you can you know however you're you're going to use your your cane. Caning is that's my jam, baby. You start, I saw awesome. I saw oh, and and what is fun and what is also great about your situation is that you did your research, you had a fear, you looked it up. You mm-hmm. saw that maybe it, it if it's done lightly, just like anything, you know, except mm-hmm. maybe, you know, shooting someone with a gun. If you do it lightly, then you can play with a lot of things that you wouldn't want to play with in an extreme sense. Right. There's well, and, no... and a, key, a good warm-up, too. A good warm-up is essential to that. Absolutely. Because after you warm up and, and your brain kind of tells you, well, he's not going to kill me. You can end, you know, and then, of course, some of the endorphins and chemicals start kicking in. You can actually take quite a bit, even if you're yeah. a very light bottom. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that's a, that is an amazing story. <laughs> I just picture him on the quack, 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 quack. He's got this just, little yeah, nub. He's cursing under. Oh. He's got this nub. He's so, and then at the end, finally, he just kneels down and gets real close to you. And he's like, eh, 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 eh. Who is the sir? <laughs> and you're like, you are, sir. You are mighty and masterful. Your dominance is compelling and Thank life you, altering. Sir. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> May I have another? Maybe another 150. So I feel it. What? Nothing. You're, 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 you're a god. <laughs> <laughs> Which now leads to another story of swinging and hitting. Oh. <laughs> Which, you know, you've been in this lifestyle a little while, kiddo. And uh, you hear yeah. you hear this story. But no matter how many times you hear this story or all of the, I don't know what you would call it, variations of mm-hmm. this story... It is still the most awkward and amazingly fun and funny story 
that after I've heard it, probably this this type uh, in this genre, I probably heard this story at least five to seven times, and every time it elicits the same joy and horror. <laughs> No matter what. But this one, I've got to say, out of all the stories that I've heard, like firsthand mm-hmm. heard, this one is at the top. <laughs> On the, the question, top, yay! The, the question is, has Path Girl ever had a situation where she's been either outed, someone finds your toys, you know, so, like some embarrassing situation, and now the stage is yours. <laughs> Well, I have to say to start off with, I'm formerly polyamorous and I used to have live in poly partners for many years, I'm happily monogamous right now with my sir. But um, so there was a couple that we eventually moved in together. But before we moved in together, we were kind of going to each other's houses every other weekend. So they were a married couple with two kids. And at the time I was married and I had my, my son. So to make things easier with babysitters, we used to go over to each other's houses every other weekend so the kids could play together. And then we'd have, they would have fun when they went to bed, you know, it's kind of like a kitchen table poly situation. Right. Right. So one weekend they came over to our house and Saturday night, the kids are all playing together. They watch movies and okay, kids go to bed. And the adults went to go play. So one of the things that the guys pulled out was a double-ended dildo to use on Bravo. me and yeah, and and the other girl. And we had our fun and the, the adults had their fun for the night and we cleaned everything up and put it, you know, I thought they put it away. So <laughs> next morning, yeah, thought being the operative word. So the next morning we're kind of sitting in my office and drinking coffee after breakfast and you know we're just sitting around talking and all of a sudden we hear this shriek across the house and a bunch of scuffling like kids chasing after each other so what the hell is going on so and what we didn't realize was their younger daughter snuck into our bedroom found the double-ended dildo and then started chasing her brother into my living room, beating him with it. <laughs> I will preface this, but it was clean, just not put away. But she is wailing on him with this double-ended dildo. And he's going, no, stop. Make her stop. It hurts. And she's like four years old. And he's maybe like nine. No, stop. She's hurting me. And I'm like, we are dying laughing we can't stop laughing finally after like a couple of minutes we're like somebody's got to go get that from her so <laughs> mom goes and grabs it get the dildo so she kind of grabs the dildo from her and then my son chimes in with what is that what is-? never mind <laughs> just puts it away in the drawer and i just we're sitting there laughing hysterically and we're like okay these kids are gonna get older and these two kids are going to click and realize what one was beating the other one with. And we're like, oh, God, we're going to have some therapy bills. Now, that <laughs> may be the case, but it may it likely, likely one of them will remember it, probably the nine-year-old. But kids chase each other and torment each other oh. all the time. So this may be just one of grabbing whatever they thought. However, was it a was it a double penis-shaped dildo or was it It was the- a double 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 penis shaped purple dildo yeah they're gonna know what that is yeah that's, yeah exactly that's, there's there's no <laughs> there's, there's no, no way around it. there's no escape from that <laughs> you guys just gotta i mean you know they may it may like i can just see them you know going through their life and once again this is innocent you know if they mm-hmm. ask questions about it you know you have age appropriate conversations with your kids that's those are mm-hmm. things that you know that adults used you you found it you got to not right. look in our things you're pro- you know there's lots of age appropriate right but then they grow up a little bit they go through high school you know and they go to their first sex shop when they're mm-hmm. you know 18 and they're all where have I seen that before uh-huh and that's where when have, it all comes rolling where, back <laughs> Holy shit, my parents are freaks. What the fucking shit is this? Oh, it was Why bad enough we had to have, have 
We had to have the poly conversation with them when they got older about it's okay for mommy to kiss, you know, the other guy and for daddy to kiss the other girl. And, you know, this is not a conventional relationship and this is our definition of love and all that stuff that goes with raising poly positive kids. But then just the sheer horror of, you know, this young girl beating the older kid with a double ended dildo and just, oh my God. (laughs) Like I said, there's a part. That's just that is amazing, and you can look at it as innocent, but then there's that cringy, just oh, yeah, that awkward, not right, bad, yeah. inappropriate, inappropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moral of the story, folks, is please make sure you put your toys away so fucking kids won't find them. This is a public service announcement from Bath Girl. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good public service announcement because I don't think. I don't, I mean, I don't know all kids. I know me and I know all my friends. Just because someone, the parent says this is off limits doesn't mean they're not going to go explore the second mom and dad or mom or dad, whoever Mm -hmm. isn't around. You know, there's no privacy. They don't understand Mm -hmm. personal boundaries and respect and shit like that. You know, so this is maybe a good example, safety tip. Just get a, mm-hmm. you know, get a toolbox yep. that you can lock. I have a and, locking bag now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Good. 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 Lessons. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. <laughs> lessons learned. All of a sudden, you hear. Excuse me, CPS here. Um, we're uh, we're uh, your kids are in school talking about the penis that they chased each other with, and uh, mm. we'd like to have a conversation. We'd like to talk about the penis-shaped bruises, uh, ma'am. The penis-shaped bruises. Oh, God, no. No, bad. Bad, bad girl. Now you're the one going fucking past the limit. It's what I do. Damn, cannibalistic formaldehyde is Mm -hmm. way better than dildo-shaped bruises on fucking... Ah, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Where well, it could is be worse. I can talk about the, the, the penises I've dissected over the years. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, I'm going to say no. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, I'll leave it for no. another day. <laughs> yeah, leave it for another day because there's a part of me that's like, okay, let's let's talk about that. But I just kind of want to leave us on a happy note. On a happy, just, on a happy penis bruise note. Yes. On a happy penis bruise note. But just enough to let all of our squeamish uh, male listeners uh, mm-hmm. just think about you taking, like, well, now I'm talking about it. God damn it, because I'm fascinated. <laughs> So they just bring you the dick like Jeffrey Dahmer style in a jar and you just cut it up? Yeah, it's usually for either cancer or gangrene. So, you uh, know, gang- very pen- rare pen- specimen, though. Peanut. <laughs> Sir, you have a very rare specimen. I get told that all the time. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad. Because they try to do it with a straight face. They're like, you have a very rare specimen. <laughs> Stop it! Well, if it makes you feel better, imagine me playing with boobs all day. You know, like I said, I get to play with boobs, you know, so get to feel around in them. <laughs> Cockballs and boobs. Jesus Christ, where do you get this job? <laughs> a very twisted sense of humor. <laughs> I guess to do that, you might have to be a little uh, a little in the twisted side. Yeah. Yeah, because you're dealing with, you know, someone's worst day when you're getting, you know, some of their body organs that are full of cancer or I'm even trained to do autopsies when I used to do autopsies. I mean, you're getting somebody on their on their worst day and you just try to do the best you can with them. But even sometimes the best you can can drive you crazy. So you got to have a kind of sure. gallows sense of humor to deal with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're there to do that and that people in the middle and not just I mean, it doesn't mean just because you go to medical school, you're going to be cool with the autopsies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who get to that phase and then they're like, uh, uh, you know, yeah. let's, let's, let's go into administrative or something. Yeah. That's why I like dealing with my, my patients dead. If I had to deal with live patients like Mew, I could, I couldn't do it. I'd be too afraid I'd kill somebody. But see, <laughs> Mew's starting to say that too. That's why Mew and you might have to hook up. <laughs> She's like, I may just have to start talking to Bath Girl. 
Tell her to call. She's find me on FetLife. She'll find <laughs> Give you. Her I'll my hook number. you guys up. Pathology, <laughs> at least the, the doctors used to work nine to five pretty much. You don't really get called in overtime and stuff. So, hey, you have a life when you're a doctor. But at night, it's a little dead. <laughs> you started this. I was yeah, going to end on dildos. The pickled formaldehyde stuff. Well, that's my job, <laughs> God damn it! Yes, sir. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that felt good to hear that. I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> Even if you're lying, just placate my fragile male ego. My framigo. Remember that word? Framigo. I got it. Thank you very much. We'll see you, Bath Girl, really uh, soon. Bye. <laughs> And the show, Kathy. (laughs) That is show 298. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and consider donating five bucks a month if you give a fuck. And as always, I love reading you guys' emails. If you feel like giving us your thoughts, asking us a question, please write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us through our FetLife account under Perverted Podcast or the group of the same name, Perverted Podcast. Take us out of here, Boogie. Wells, Kathy, I had an amazing time with you. Of course, I'm going to be traumatically holding back everything inside to not go and buy you like a truckload of fucking stuffies. Oh, but you know that's... I would hurt you if you bought me a stuffy. I'm not going to buy you stuffy. I'm not going to buy you okay. stuffy. But and I nobody just listening, to... send me a fucking stuffy, okay? Oh, that would be bad. Yeah, that would be very, that very bad. bad. But you know what, Kathy? We can give you stuffy-type love. I would like And ev- everyone reach out and send Kathy, you know, stuffy love. And make Kathy your stuffy. And be Kathy's <laughs> stuffy. And, and then be like some weird, creepy, furry role play. Where we all just gather around Kathy and we all just roll all over and rub all over and we'd be like, Where are your stuffies, Kathy? No? No, that's your you've gone way, way off the deep end here. And then we do it naked and with like, you know, olive oil. There's and, the pervert and, I know. And then <laughs> and then we get and then if something slips in a hole, oops, stuffy fuck Kathy. Oh, Kathy fucky stuffy. No? Uh-huh. Alright, fine. We'll see you. For show 299 next week. Woohoo!
can kill you. 